0: Hi everybody, Dick Vitale. Hey, make sure you listen, man, to Locked On Blue Devils with J.J. Jackson. He's awesome, baby. You are Locked On Blue
1: Devils, your daily podcast on the Duke Blue Devils. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, everybody, welcome to another edition of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. So great to have you here with us for one final time in 2021. Happy New Year's Eve to everyone out there, and for one final time, we have the absolute pleasure today of chatting with Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk's Section 17 podcast. We do want to let you know that today's show is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. Head to netsuite.com slash on NCAA for special end-of-year financing on the number one financial system to growing businesses as we get set for today's show I want to talk about everything going on in the Duke basketball world we haven't watched the Blue Devils play in quite some time and who knows when we'll get to see them play again Mike Elko continues to fill out his coaching staff and uh, plenty more conversations coming today with Josh Cox again my name is JJ Jackson you can follow me on Twitter at underscore JJ underscore Jackson underscore follow our show on Twitter at LO underscore Blue Devils and coming in the new year Coming in the new year, we are so excited that in just short time, we will make a transition over to YouTube. Be sure to go over to our YouTube page, subscribe, and watch all the episodes of Locked on Blue Devils. It's going to be amazing. All right, so let's get into today's show. Happy to welcome in Josh Cox. Josh, how were the holidays for you, my friend?
0: Man, uh, great. A great time spending with family, getting away a little bit, you know, and kind of unplugging uh, somewhat. Uh, But I have a quick question about this transition to YouTube. Tell me. Uh, Very quick question. Does this mean that I'm going to have to like do myself up and get a nice <laughs> background and like, make myself look good on these uh, conversations?
1: Look, that's I, I, my only question. And that, that's a fair question to ask. I like to tell people to come as you are uh, and anything is great with me, so I can't wait for uh, us to make that transition. But uh, yeah, maybe maybe two minutes you want to make sure you know, okay, I, I look somewhat presentable.
0: <laughs> there, you go, there you go. We're looking forward to that. YouTube is, um, is obviously where a lot of people consume content and Funny you say that. We're going to be sitting down with our Section 17 guys here uh, this coming Monday night and talking through this coming year for us. And um, I'm not sure if YouTube is the jump this year yet, but YouTube is definitely in the future because, you know, it's a whole whole other crowd over there,
1: and I'm really excited for you guys. 100%. Yeah, the whole, a lot of people on the Lockdown Network have already made the jump over. Me being one of the newer hosts, we're making that transition in the new year, so it's going to be a lot of fun. It'll be new links for me to send to you, Josh, for you to be able to record, and it'll be a whole process that's going to be awesome. Can't wait to get there. Uh, what's going to be even more awesome, though, Josh, is when we have these conversations, if we actually have Duke basketball games to talk about <laughs> results that are being played and that sort of thing. What has this week been like for you, buddy? Where we uh, we just don't know when we're going to get to see Duke play again.
0: Yeah, you know we we had it. Uh, There's you know Twitter. Depending on who you follow on Twitter, there are people with some insider knowledge that are dropping like, hey, something bad's about you know about to be announced. And so I kind of figured something was going to go down. All these guys went home for the holidays. Uh, you know, with this new variant that seems to be you know, very uh, uh, spreading very quickly, but maybe not quite as potent as right. the others. You know, you kind of expect that if all these guys are going home all over the country, that they may come back with it. And then I, the only thing I was disappointed by was really was losing the Notre Dame game, uh, that second one. I really thought maybe, you know what I mean? Because the I know the recommendation dropped from 10 days to five days, and I'm thinking, you know, maybe we can get in that Notre Dame game. Uh, but, you know, at the end of the day, I mean, if you would have put, if we'd have put money on the table at the beginning of the season and said, "Will we postpone or lose a game or two due to COVID this year?" I think we all would have said yes. Um, you know, ideally, it would have been nice to lose the games earlier in the season um, rather than ACC. But I'm sure we'll have to reschedule, or something's going to happen with the conference, and they'll figure it out. But yeah, it was a week where you were hoping to get two games in, be able to see our progress. Uh, especially after coming off that that win where we played so well in the second half uh, in the Votak game. It would have been really nice to see. But anyway, it didn't happen. And so, yeah, I guess those guys are recovering and hopefully we'll be prepared for Tuesday night's game against Georgia Tech. Yeah,
1: and I mean, Josh, isn't it this more proof that we're just excited that our head coach, Mike Krzyzewski, in his 42nd year has the loudest voice in the room? Right when after the Virginia Tech game, he says, you know, I don't like this forfeiture policy that's in place. It's kind of silly. We might need to change that. Uh, We saw the Duke women's basketball team kind of benefit from that earlier in the season when a win was given to them. But now they'll have to play that game a little bit later after the fact because uh, that rule was going to be dumb at this point, Josh, given this variant being out there at such a high uh, rate and how contagious it is. And so uh, very grateful that now it's not a team's not going to be penalized when, you know, they're doing the right thing. Most of these players are vaccinated and making sure all their health and safety protocols are in place. And uh, sometimes it can still happen. So I'm just grateful Coach K has the loudest voice is what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, I I believe so. I really like that rule. They adopted seven players, and I'm not sure – if that's scholarship players or if that's seven players counting your walk-ons I would assume it's scholarship players uh, available to play and then at least one coach to me that's very fair uh, you could fill the team with that uh, you can go in and play with that so I think that was the best overall move and if you know if, if you don't have that many players then yeah we'll reschedule And so I think yeah it benefited Duke immediately but you know the truth is it could have benefited a handful of other schools as well and it, and it is uh, benefiting them. And so, you know, Coach K with the loudest voice in the room, I think Tony Bennett stepped up as well in that. And so those are, you know, now that Roy Williams has gone, two of the tenured uh, successful coaches in the ACC kind of leading that charge.
1: And making sure that we can get those games played at a later date, which is what's happening. Again, Duke basketball, no game earlier this week versus Clemson, and they will not be playing this Saturday versus Notre Dame. We are hoping that they will be back in action this coming Tuesday versus Georgia Tech. What about that first ACC game of the year, Josh? What would you think?
0: Well, uh, a couple of things I thought. Number one, uh, outstanding coaching job, X's and O's, whether it was Coach K or Shire or whoever it was, you know, going into halftime and, and saying, listen, we try to do this our regular way. We try to play Mark. We try to play Theo. And, and honestly, neither one of those guys were like horrific, but we just weren't getting any flow. And for them to go small, But not just to go small, but to really put their faith in A.J. uh, Griffin for the second half. Uh, I I just felt like that was all around a a great coaching job. Um, You know, Paulo came alive in the second half. and um, You know, a lot of people were talking about he has such a finesse game, and he does with that jump shot. But, man, once he gets within, you know, seven, eight feet of the rim, he really needs to start thinking, like, I'm going to try to dunk this ball on somebody. Because when he when he goes hard like that, he's unstoppable. And if he is, if he misses that first shot, his second jump is so quick uh, that he typically can get that offensive rebound and get it back up. So, man, just just an incredible second half, really. And, and, and to be honest with you, as that first half was coming to a close, I'm thinking, here we go again. Duke and Virginia Tech, we're going to struggle. This is going to go all the way down to the wire. And, man, they proved me wrong. They came back in the second half and really did play like a different team.
1: Fortunately, the game was played in Cameron because you're exactly right. Every time we go play in Castle Coliseum, they're in Blacksburg. I'm like, I just – I don't like Duke's chances. It feels like that's always been uh, the Blue Devils' bugaboo. Whenever they go play there, I've got more thoughts on the Virginia Tech game coming up in just a moment. But I do want to get a quick break here again. Josh Cox joining us from Duke Football Talks, Section Seventeen podcast. Let me tell you about our friends over at Netsuite. There it is, the putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, your hat falls over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility because you're still relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software to see the full picture. You need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. It's the number one cloud financial system to power your growth with visibility and control of your financials, inventory, HR, planning, budgeting, and more. NetSuite is everything you need to grow all in one place. 93% of surveyed businesses increase their visibility and control after upgrading to NetSuite. Head to netsuite.com locked for the special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Again, that's netsuite.com slash locked, L-O-C-K-E-D. Welcome back into the program. You're listening to Locked on Blue Devils. My name is JJ Jackson. Excited to have Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk Section 17 podcast. Talking hoops right now, though, again, Duke wins by a score of 76 to 65 over Virginia Tech. It's the only ACC game that we have on record right now for the Blue Devils, who trailed by eight points just two minutes into the second half. The other thing that I keep forgetting about this game, Josh, though, was how quick of a start Duke had offensively because Duke led by nine just three minutes into the basketball game, and then the offense kind of sputtered for a little bit throughout the uh, first half. Didn't turn the ball over, though. Just two turnovers for Duke in the first half compared to 15 in the second half, a half in which they won the game by 11 points. Those numbers just all together, like, it just doesn't add up with the outcome of the game when you kind of look at some of those stats.
0: Right, for sure. And this was a game, I believe, of momentum um, if you think back to that game. I mean, in the first half, yeah, we started off the game with all the momentum, but then we got... We got so stagnant. Paulo was settling. He was getting frustrated. You're wondering, is this going to be one of those games where Kay just kind of sits him on the bench and makes him watch, which he didn't do. Um, but, you know, that it was a game of momentum. And we had it, and then we lost it. We lost it bad. Um, and so, yeah, sometimes analytics and stats, you know, can get lost in the overall momentum. And at the end of the day, I felt like that's what that game was. We had it. We lost it. We got it back at the end of the day. And there were some really important uh, factors I felt like that added to that. Guys that – things that don't show up in the stat sheet. But I felt, I felt like Joey Baker in some limited time really did show what he could do um, as, as a captain and really filled in some gaps there just in a, just in a couple of possessions. But things like that, I, think, I felt like it was a game of momentum. Absolutely.
1: So you look at this Duke basketball game. You mentioned kind of the smaller lineup in the second half. Mark Williams barely played for Duke in the contest in 11 minutes. Mark had zero points and three rebounds. As A.J. Griffin came into play for 24 minutes, 13 points for A.J., including his first dunk of the season, which really got Cameron Indoor Stadium rocking with pure excitement. But a lineup featuring Wendell Moore Jr., Jeremy Roach, Trevor Keels, A.J. Griffin – And then Paolo Banchero, 16 minutes worth of competition. The Blue Devils were plus 20 with that lineup. In the last four games, A.J. Griffin on the floor for Duke. The Blue Devils are plus 84. He's coming into form.
0: He absolutely is. And, And how can we talk about this game real quick, not to get us off the rails, without mentioning the beautiful white Cameron Brotherhood jerseys? uh that they that looked duke awesome was able to wear. they were incredible but aj aj griffin the dunk that he had was the speaking of momentum i mean it, i felt like the crowd was like locked in and uh, and man the, the still photo that the duke uh social media team got of him dunking that ball i, I swear you can see like every muscle in his shoulder and every muscle in his arm <laughs> you know when he's dunking it but uh because you, you've said on
1: this podcast before that throughout watching him come back, again, this was never a knock on A.J. Griffin. It was that, hey, this guy hasn't played basketball competitively in quite some time. And, Josh, you were saying on this very podcast that there were a couple of times early in the season where it kind of looked like A.J. wanted to dunk. He just couldn't quite get up there. And so the fact that he was able to throw it down, I was thinking of you when he actually did that.
0: Yeah, for sure. And this is the guy, once again, in preseason – when they were measuring those uh, vertical leaps and all those different things, I mean, everybody was super hyped, you know, about his athletic ability. And so then just coming off that knee tweak, and once again, just the couple of years of injury in high school, you add that to it, uh, it was just good to see him get back. And i tell you what, if we see an explosive A.J. Griffin who adds even more bounce to what we're seeing now, man, this team, I'm telling you, this team is built to win in, in March and April, and that is uh, what we're looking for for sure.
1: It is Locked On Blue Devils here today on this Friday, New Year's Eve, as uh, we're getting set for the new year with Duke basketball coming into form. Again, a really effective lineup that Duke's been able to have so far between Paolo Banchero, Window Miller Jr., A.J. Griffin, Trevor Keels, and Jeremy Roach. So, Josh, is this kind of what to expect moving forward With the conversation, obviously, that this obviously won the game for the Blue Devils versus Virginia Tech, but I think back to a game like Gonzaga and Duke doesn't win that basketball game without the efforts of Mark Williams. I guess it's just more so this is an added strength as opposed to being like maybe we shouldn't be playing Mark Williams as much.
0: Well, yeah, I think it's this is the classic. You want to exert your will over your opponents, and I think that's what Duke tried to do in the first half. But then you come to a point where you say, we also want to win this basketball game. And so in order to win the basketball game, unfortunately, it meant Theo and Mark were going to become uh, you know cheerleaders on the bench <laughs> as opposed to guys in the game. But, you know, we will play UNC twice, and they are going to run two bigs out there, and we are going to play those bigs. It all depends on the matchup. And at the end of the day, most, most teams we play are going to feature that one big that I feel like Theo and Mark can match up with. Now there will be times, and it might be a Georgia in this Georgia Tech game coming up here on Tuesday, where we go back to the small ball lineup. And I think the biggest key to the small ball lineup is ball movement and, and, and getting motion out of our players. If we go small ball and we simply turn into a standstill isolation, you know, take your man off the dribble team, I don't like our chances as much. But small, continue to get guys moving, and give get them open shots, I like it. But all that to say, I don't think it's something Coach K's going to go to permanently. Once again, the matchups, there's enough bigs that are going to demand a Mark Williams or demand a Theo John that I feel like, you know, we'll see this sporadically, but I don't think it's going to become the norm per se.
1: All right, Duke basketball versus Georgia Tech coming up on Tuesday, a game scheduled to be played inside Cameron Indoor Stadium. We hope that Duke is able to meet the COVID protocols, and uh, it'd be bad luck for Duke if all of a sudden Georgia Tech started to have some COVID issues, so we're hoping that's not the case and we can watch a game being played on Tuesday. Again, Josh Cox is joining us here on the program today. We're going to talk about football coming up in just a moment, but one final break during today's show. Our show today is brought to you by our friends over at Built Bar. Built Bar, the best tasting protein bar ever. It's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar into your plan. It's even better than a candy bar, and it tastes so good, covered in 100% real chocolate. As most built bars contain 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 grams of net carbs, 17 grams of protein. Compare that to a candy bar, which usually has around 240 calories with 30 grams of sugar. You're making the better decision by joining the Built Bar community. What you need to do, you need to go to built.com with the promo code Locked15. L O C K E D 1 5, and you'll get 15% off your order at built.com. Built Bar is a proud sponsor of the Locked On Blue Devils podcast. Talking with Josh Cox from Duke Football Talk, Section 17 podcast, our final segment of the day. You heard us a moment ago talking about our friends over at Bilt Bar, and they should absolutely be a part of your new, your new Year's resolutions. Mike Elko, as he gets set to embark on his first full calendar year, leading the Duke Blue Devils just a couple of weeks on the job, already has a couple of coaches listed on his staff. I'll get to those in just a moment. But, uh, Josh, you look at these first few weeks of Mike Elko. You getting
0: used to him being the new football coach? Yeah, man, I really appreciate the fact that what he said in his uh, in his press conference when he was introduced seems to be exactly what he's doing. He's focusing on this staff. Uh, it's going probably a little bit slower than what most Duke fans would want. But at the end of the day, he's doing exactly what he said. And he told us this was this was what it was going to be. So, yeah, so far so good. Got a got a nice billboard up in Durham for, uh, welcoming him, yeah. and uh, and really really excited about the Mike Elko era for sure.
1: You're much closer there, and obviously I saw photos of that billboard already being up. But I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. This is crazy that. Uh, They're already promoting the new head football coach. Uh, Way to go. I love that. So we've talked about this on the program. It's always fun to kind of follow reports out there about new coaches coming in, but then waiting for a school to officially announce a coach being in place. And as I've mentioned, there hasn't been any official press release or anything like that about Trooper Taylor, although all the reports out there that he will remain on this coaching staff, and he's still listed on the athletic website as a member of the coaching staff, whereas everyone else is not. But you've also now got Rob Smith being named the defensive coordinator and linebackers coach, Lionel Hemphill officially the assistant coach and safeties coach, and they've also officially been able to introduce Harlan Bauer as a defensive ends coach for Duke football. What do you think about uh, some of these hires so far, Josh?
0: Yeah, well, each one of those guys has a previous connection to Coach Elko.
1: Really important. And I think
0: that's very important, man. They already know kind of his, uh, his way of doing things. They know him as a person. They know his philosophy. Um, you know, I, I believe uh, Coach Bauer even uh, at Notre Dame as well as Texas A&M with him at two different stints. And so you love to see that. Um, you know, to see a guy uh, like Lyle Hemphill take a really, you know, take a step back, to be honest with you, uh, from a coordinator role, to be able to come and be a position coach for us. Um, you know, I know Wake Forest defense, and we've, I think we've spoken about that, uh, was not incredible, but they were great at taking the ball away uh, on, the de- on, the, uh, on the defensive side of the football. And so I like those hires. Rob Smith, um, I do like that. There was a little bit of talk um, about Rutgers, you know, firing him, quote-unquote, from what we have heard. Uh, it was not a firing. It was he went in and told them he was taking this position, and they, Rutgers tr- tried to spin it uh, to make it look like that. But I think at the end of the day, he was coming no matter what. And so I like that hire. And then I really like um, the ECU hire. I believe it was Derek Miller. Correct. Um, Derek Miller coming in. Going to be the in.
1: recruiting general manager for Duke football, yes.
0: And, and you have to love that because, man, that's, the, that's that local tie. Obviously, ECU. When ECU is playing good football, when their program is doing good, they are all over the state of North Carolina. And so, to get a guy like Derek Miller from them, from what I can tell, ECU fans uh, were like devastated that he was that he was leaving. And so, to see that, that's pretty awesome. Um, I'm looking forward, though, as all Duke fans are. We are all waiting for that offensive coordinator hire. And people yeah. have asked us on Twitter. You know, do we have any ideas? Man, we have nothing. As we've said, Duke has done such a good job from the beginning of the coaching search until now for these position coaches and these assistant coaches. They've kept everything really close to the vest. There's been no leaks. And so at the end of the day, I have no idea. I follow Pete Dammel um, on, on Twitter. He seems to be the guy that breaks the legitimate news as, as early as anyone on these things. Right. But I have no idea where Mike Elko is headed uh, for an offensive coordinator hire. But at the end of the day, what you're waiting on there is that coordinator hire and then the position coaches that will follow. Um, as a result, and so Duke fans are are, are anxiously uh, waiting for sure.
1: Yeah, no, Derek Miller again, the recruiting general manager, officially introduced by the school two hours ago here on New Year's Eve, breaking some some news there for. And of course, as you said, Pete Thamel had this a few days ago, but uh, good for the papers to finally be in order and for these new coaches to be on staff. We're talking with Josh Cox from Duke Football Talks, Section Seventeen podcast. After that, Duke starts to really ramp up. For spring ball, a spring game, a new philosophy coming in on both sides of the ball, I would imagine. And, of course, quarterback is always going to be a big topic of conversation for any coach when they step into a new position or going into any season. Is the 2022 Blue Devil quarterback currently on the roster, Josh, or do you think they could be looking in the transfer portal?
0: Well, I would say all options are on the table at this point. But what I do like about the three three guys – that are in the quarterback room with Luca Diamant with Riley Leonard and with Jordan Moore. Uh, Okay. With with the top two out of those Riley Leonard's a little bit more of a pass first guy, but he can still run the ball. Right. And then you have Jordan Moore who's a run first guy, but he can throw the ball. And so I think whoever you bring in, if they don't go in the transfer portal, they are going to have their pick of those two guys. Hey, what, what style of offense are we going to run? If it's going to be a little pass heavy, then I think Riley is your guy. And if we are going to run a little bit more with the quarterback and Kind of take, I watched a little bit of the Arizona State game uh, last night, and their quarterback's kind of a run first quarterback. If we're going to take that approach, a little Malik Cunningham uh, type field from Louisville, then maybe Jordan Moore's our guy. So I'm confident with the guys that we have. And then, honestly, Luca as your backup and a guy that could come in and not, he's not a bad quarterback at all. Every time he's gotten a chance, he's really looked good. Um, and so at the end of the day, I'm confident with our guys that are in the quarterback room. But hey, listen, if there's a guy in the transfer portal uh, that, that could improve what we have, Listen, Duke fans can't get sentimental with these things. This is We're trying to win football games. And so at the end of the day, let's put the best possible person um, in the middle of that huddle and leading that offense.
1: The goal is to win championships for any program, and we're going to see that a little bit later today. Again, New Year's Eve edition of Locked On Blue Devils, getting you set for 2022, which means a little bit later today, we've got the college football playoff games between Alabama and Cincinnati, and then Michigan and Georgia all right, I got to put you on the spot here, Josh. Where's your head at when it comes to these two games?
0: Well, I can tell you where my head is at. My head is at the fact that we're going to see a, an Alabama win and a Georgia win. That's where my head is at.
1: Okay. Um,
0: I, my heart, my heart would like to see the absolute opposite of that take place. <laughs> yeah. You know, my my, my not, nothing against the SEC, uh, but my heart would say, man, uh, you know, to see Michigan. Uh, get a win. I'm not a Michigan fan by any stretch of the imagination, but it's been so long for that program uh, to see them get back, and then of course to see a non-power Power Five school like Cincinnati, who by the way does not play like a non-power Power Five school. Uh, you know, they could fit right in in any conference. I feel like in America. Sure. Uh, but but to see them, I mean, Alabama seems to be angry, man. I I read where their players on their own elected to not leave the hotel room at all the last couple of days. Uh, to make sure that there were no COVID issues, to make sure that there were no disciplinary issues. Like, they're focused on that game. That scares me a little bit for Cincinnati, that Alabama seems to be so intent and focused on this game. But at the end of the day, I think football minds would say, we're going to see Alabama hand Cincinnati a pretty devastating loss. Right. And I, I would still – I'm a, still a believer that this Georgia team is really good. Um, and I'm I'm still going to stick with that. So I'm going to go all SEC championship game with Alabama and Georgia – and, uh, man, I have no idea who would win that game. Yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> let
1: that play out and have a couple of more uh, days to ramp up and get more thoughts into uh, that matchup. I'm with you. I think Alabama wins this game today against Cincinnati, and I'm really excited to see that uh, Georgia and Michigan game, that defensive front for Michigan against yep. that Georgia offensive line. And you talk about storylines. I kind of would like the idea of seeing an an Alabama-Michigan title game, right? You've got the Nick Saban dynasty that continues to just be as dominant as we've ever seen in the history of the sport. And then also in the history of the sport, Michigan has more college football wins than any other program in America. So talk about storylines in that one if we were to see a Michigan-Alabama title game.
0: Oh, yeah, and certainly. And you have, you know, I've got family in the Midwest. I mean, you have the fan base. You have a massive massive fan base with Michigan football and at the end of the day I mean they pack out that stadium every week 105 plus yeah. and to see to see them ever for so many years have just fallen short I mean even of their own little personal rival there with Ohio State I mean it's been forever since they've they've really had yeah. you know a stronghold in that rivalry and then to see them have the opportunity they had this year it would be awesome and by the way Hutchison is an incredible incredible talent. Yeah. And it would be nice it would be nice to see you know them make it to the championship game but once again I'm going with my head here not my heart. And so <laughs> at the end of the day I still feel as if Georgia has a more complete product to put on the field.
1: And yet again, we'll see a Georgia and Alabama game likely, and yet again, it'll be a great one because every time they've battled, it's been an amazing contest. So I'm sure that would be the case in the national championship game. All right, it's New Year's Eve. We've got to get out of here. We want people to go back and enjoy some time with family and celebrate the new year coming in. Josh Cox, I need to say a big-time thank you. Uh, for you being a part of this program with me becoming a friend someone I enjoy texting with during Duke athletic events and that sort of thing so uh, happy new year to you and yours Josh and I can't say thank you enough for joining me on the podcast
0: Hey, happy New Year, and I appreciate the opportunity every time I get to come on Locked On Blue Devils, for sure.
1: It's Josh Cox joining us here today on Locked On Blue Devils as that's going to wrap up our final edition of the program here in 2021. I do want to make sure that you find the Section 17 podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Leave them a five-star rating and review. Do the same for us. After all, it is Friday. It's five-star Friday, the best time for you to do that. Be sure to follow and subscribe Locked On Blue Devils for free so you get the latest episode as soon as this comes out. each and every day and then also make sure you subscribe to our page on YouTube exciting things coming in the new year for Josh Cox I'm JJ Jackson as always go Duke I'll talk to you on Monday thank you and good day